Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This year, build your credit history with the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. No credit checks to apply. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Chime checking account and 200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. This is episode number 184, and we have a locked and loaded episode today. We have a ton to talk about, and quite frankly, March Madness is not on the agenda today. It really isn't. We're going to talk about my mock draft 1.0, which... A disclaimer, I did not get to finish. I've been busy here at the shop, but I have just about the first round done. I have picks 1 through 20 in Minnesota at 23. Everything else, maybe we can fill in as we go here about today's episode. So maybe it'll be a little fun that way. Look at you know what I've already selected for everybody, and then we can kind of dive into, hmm, maybe the Chargers should take this. Maybe the Ravens should take that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. If we have time today, I do want to talk about Patriots and their signings, Celtics as well, and how they're... (laughs) So, without further ado, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. Again, episode number 184. I thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. If you're listening to this on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever... You can find your podcast. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. Yes, sir. Any and everywhere. And also, if you listen to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Thank you so much for liking, commenting, and hopefully subscribing if you're new or haven't considered subscribing already. Oh, man. I am super duper excited to talk about the mock draft. It is draft season. Yes, I know free agency is kind of hitting us with flurries of moves here and there throughout the course of the past few days since the new league year started. And unlike my mock top 10, where I had the Bears at number one picking Will Anderson, there have been a trade. And the Carolina Panthers, if you've been living under a rock or did not know, traded up from nine to one, giving up a really good package. I People keep saying the Bears fleeced the Panthers, I think from going 9-1, to one, you should have gave up a little bit more, my humble opinion. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. That's not for today's episode. Has there been any other moves since then in terms of trades? Not that I am familiar of. Uh, obviously, until Mock Draft 2.0 and 3.0, we may see more moves such as, I don't know, Arizona dropping back or the uh, Vegas Raiders trading up. I mean, there's still a flurry of moves. I mean, if... Aaron Rodgers goes to Green. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes from Green Bay to New York, we'd have to expect that 13th overall pick from the Jets to go to Green Bay. So there's going to be a handful of interesting moves to potentially be made that we're not going to be talking about today, just because they haven't happened yet. So, oh man, actually, I do want to change the color for the Washington Commanders that I have here on my. I don't know why I just kind of thought of it, but that's I thought about it. Yeah, there we go. It looks a lot better. All right. So at number one, obviously, with the Carolina Panthers. And again, guys, this is just Mock Draft 1.0. And I know teams have been signing players left and right. This is taking this, taking that into consideration to a degree. But you know what? I mean, just because I'm, – I'm, I'm trying to think of a really – oh, just because the Patriots signed Mike Gesicki literally yesterday – or was it today? 
yeah, yesterday or today, I think it was today actually, doesn't have me not taking them a tight end in the first round. I mean, I still think that they could take a tight end, and I arguably say that they should. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think of any other kind of caveat here. Um, let's see. Uh, just because Jimmy Garoppolo signed with the Vegas Raiders doesn't mean Las Vegas Raiders may not be taking a quarterback. I mean, they still could. So there's still a bunch of dominoes to still drop between now and draft night. But we're just going to dive in with 1.0. Again, it's a mock draft. It's the early, early mock draft that we are looking at right now. And Carolina Panthers at number one taking C.J. Stroud, quarterback out of Ohio State. And what I want to do is I want to pull up my mock top 10 and just kind of compare and contrast a little bit just Obviously, it's going to be difficult with the number one pick because it's been traded. But just looking at the Bears taking Will Anderson, my top 10 mock. And now I have the Panthers taking C.J. Stroud. Now, originally, I had C.J. Stroud going number four to Indianapolis in the top 10 mock. But here I have him all the way up at number one. Is C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young interchangeable at one and two? Absolutely. It's going to come down to preference. Houston? maybe should have traded up with Chicago and to ensure that they get their quarterback, regardless who it is, whether it is Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, maybe they don't care which one they get. Maybe they like them both. Maybe they're a little hesitant. I don't know. But speaking of Bryce Young with Houston, I do have him to the Houston Texans at number two overall. So quarter two quarterbacks going off the board, one and two. I don't see the Texans trading out. I do hear rumors that the Panthers could trade out of number one, whether that's to Houston or to Indianapolis or to maybe even to Vegas. I'm hearing a lot of different things, and I don't see why you give up what you gave up just to trade out. Makes no sense to me. But if you get three, four first-round picks, you'd be kind of foolish to not at least consider it. But for now, I have quarterbacks going one and two. Arizona to number three, or Arizona at number three, I should say, taking Will Anderson. Um, in my mock draft, I don't have any projected trades. I know last week I said that I was going to, and then the Panthers trade for number one. And that was like the big move that I really saw in terms of teams trading was Chicago leaving the number one spot. Of course, Seattle could trade down. Of course, Detroit could trade down. Vegas could trade up. Arizona could trade down. If Indianapolis is going to trade up, really all they can do is trade up with Carolina or Arizona because Houston's not going to help them out. So, again, we still need dominoes to drop in free agency. I mean, I'm going to go with no projected trades for now, but I really do see Arizona kind of trading out of this pick possibly staying in the top 10 trading down to seven with Vegas I think that'd be a really good landing spot for both Vegas and Arizona however I will stay pat with what the current draft board looks like again Will Anderson to Arizona they need an edge rusher very badly they just lost J.J. Watt to free agency Kyler Murray is going to be down for the season for the majority of the season so it's going to be kind of a rebuilding year hence why I see them trading out of this pick and just kind of retooling for 2024 when they get Kyler Murray healthy. Maybe they can develop this draft class, the last draft class they had, and maybe the 2024 draft class that they'll have next year. So, but for now, Will Anderson, my opinion, best defensive player on the board, and I think he will be the first one off the board. Not to say that there aren't good players that deserve to go within the top three at the defensive side of the ball. Number four, Indianapolis Colts, Will Levis. This hasn't changed. Let me double check. No, I had CJ Stroud there, but I do have Will Levis going from seven to four. Like I mentioned last week, I see a lot of similarities between him and Josh Allen. He played against good teams in the SEC. He looked good while playing. I think he has a lot of high upside here. It'll all, always depend on the coaching around him, the players around him, but I think Will Levis does have a high and bright ceiling and future ahead of him. Couldn't Anthony Richardson go here? Of course he could. But the Colts need a quarterback right now if they want to contend right now because they still have a really good team. I know that they just traded Stephon Gilmore. I know they just lost what was a Paris Campbell, I think, in free agency. They still have a really good team. Will Levis maybe is going to slide and start week one. Maybe he sits half a season. Who knows? 
but he's going to be significantly more ready to go at the beginning of the season than a guy like Anthony Richardson. Seattle. Now, you can go a bunch of different places here. I love their draft class from last year, so I have them building upon that. Could they trade out? Yeah, of course they could. Maybe. But I just don't know. I mean, you have a plethora of options at this point. You have Jalen Carter, Will McDonald, Tyree Wilson. You have Christian Gonzalez if you want to go with another cornerback. I had them taking Will McDonald in my top 10 mock. In this one, I have them taking Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas Tech. I really think that they need someone coming off the ball again and again and again. We've seen edge rushers be really predominant in terms of closing games out for the defense. And I think bringing in a guy, whether Will Anderson's still on the board or Tyree Wilson, again, Will McDonald could easily go here. Miles Murphy, who I have just outside the top 10, could easily go here as well. So there's a bunch of different options that they could go. Obviously, they could go Jalen Carter, but they picked um, – oh, I forget the guy's name, but they got him from uh, Denver and tri- was Shelby Harris, I think it was, the nose tackle. So I don't see them going Jalen Carter. Obviously, things could change. Jalen Carter would be a great fit here as well, but I think Seattle's going to want that predominant edge rusher. Will Anderson, if he's available, Tyree Wilson, Will McDonald, Miles Murphy, again – I just don't think Jalen Carter is a good fit here. I think an edge rusher is a better fit. Speaking of Jalen Carter, I do have him going number six to Detroit. And, yes, they need a cornerback to go opposite of – oh, I oh, I forgot his name last time. Um, I forgot his name last time, and I'm going to forget his name again. Detroit Lions cornerback. Uh, why can't I think of his name at all? Went to Ohio State. Oh, man. Oh, man. Why can't I figure it out? Oh, this is so bad. He's so good, too. Jeff Okuda. Thank you. Oh, my God. That was so... Ugh. I hate when I when the name's like on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember. Yes, they have Jeff Okuda and they have a plethora of other guys in the secondary as well. I think a guy up front to bring havoc to the opposing team's quarterback to create a disaster in the trenches and on the opposing team's offensive line is someone that they need a little bit more. Yes, their metrics against the pass was not good in terms of QBR allowed, yards allowed, receptions allowed, all those advanced metrics. So could they go cornerback here? Yeah, of course. I had them originally taking Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. Great selection there. I think that makes a lot of sense. But I just think Jalen Carter is just a step above. It's hard to compare these two guys because they're different positions. I just think what Jalen Carter can bring to the table is just a step above what Christian Gonzalez can bring to the table. And on top of it, the Detroit Lions have another first-round pick. They have overall. They have pick 18 overall. So if they pass on Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, or whoever they deem, uh, you know, someone that could go in the top 10, then you, I don't see Christian Gonzalez falling to 18. I have them to Philly at 10. But you could still grab a guy like Joey Porter from Penn State, Devin Witherspoon from Illinois. Um, I have Brian Branch. I rank him pretty high. Yeah, he went to Alabama, but I still think he's a very good player that could easily go there um, at 18. And I'm, I have a slew of cornerbacks, Joey Porter, Devin Witherspoon, Brian Branch, 17, 18, 19. So I actually have the Lions taking Devin Witherspoon, who arguably is the best corner in this class outside of Christian Gonzalez. He may be the second, maybe the third, or whoever. But I have him at 18 to the Detroit Lions. And I just feel like if the Lions take a corner at number six, they're not going to be able to take an edge rusher, a front four kind of guy, maybe even a front seven guy at 18. Could they go Drew Sanders, the linebacker from Arkansas, at 18? Sure. Could they go maybe Miles Murphy if he drops? Maybe Will McDonald if he drops. But now you're starting to play that what if he could game. I mean, yes, there's going to be other linebackers available. There's going to be um, Nolan Smith, who a lot of people are sleeping on because he got injured and missed a little bit of the season. He has a first-round grade, in my opinion. It's just that injury really caught up to him. So Lions have a luxury pick six, pick 18, but they also have a tough decision to make. So again, I think they're going to go Jalen Carter here, and then they'll address the cornerback position later on. Number seven, already spilled the beans on this, Anthony Richardson. Two, I can't think of, oh, two, (laughs) staring right at me, Vegas Raiders. 
I think that's a really good pickup for the Vegas Raiders because he can sit and learn behind Jimmy Garoppolo, who they just signed to a three-year deal. I think Richardson may have the highest upside out of the group. I'm not a firm believer in that, but I know a lot of people are. People like his potential, his upside, his ceiling, what he can bring to the table. Now, keep in mind, he played, I think it was 11 games in his college football career, so not all too much. Let me get an exact number on that because I don't, I don't want to say that he played 11 games and he, he played more than 11 games. Okay, so there's no such thing as games played here. See all. There you go. See all. Okay. Um. Nope. Still. Well, whatever. I'm not going to spend time to look at this because his career, his resume is thin, let me say, like a trade lance. And I'm hearing a lot of this high upside, this huge ceiling, you know, raw potential, similar to like what we heard of Malik Willis last year. We heard all the same things last year from Malik Willis. Raw potential, high upside, needs time to develop, needs to sit for a year or two. And I'm hearing the same thing from Anthony Richardson. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that Richardson and Malik Willis are the same quarterback. We knew Malik Willis had a big arm. We knew he had little issues with accuracy. Anthony Richardson can run the ball well. He can make plays in the open field with his legs. He also has accuracy issues. So I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson going number one. I'm not sold on him going in the top five. Honestly, I don't even think he's going to be a top. I don't think he should be a top 15 player. But teams are desperate for a quarterback, and they're going to reach. Now, would I be surprised if he falls? Absolutely not. We saw it last year with Malik Willis. I mean, Kenny Pickett fell to you know the mid-first round, which we kind of expected. I think Vegas would be in a really good spot to snag him because, again, they can sit him behind Jimmy Garoppolo and he can learn from a guy who's been a winner, who's played behind Brady, who's taken the 49ers deep into playoff runs. I think that's just a really match made in heaven for both Anthony Richardson and the Raiders because if Richardson is on a team, say, the Colts or the Texans or the Panthers, and he's out there starting week one, I don't think that's exactly ideal for him. In my top 10 mock draft, I actually had the Vegas Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, taking Will Levis. So I have them taking a quarterback regardless because I do believe that is the direction that they should go in. If they don't go quarterback, you know, obviously there's that chance because they love Jimmy G for a couple seasons. Maybe they believe that you know, at seven, they don't want to give up what they need to give up to move up in the draft. Maybe they don't love who may be available at seven, whether it isn't Anthony Richardson. Where could they go? Well, you can obviously go defense. I think your offense is really good. They just picked up Jacoby Myers. Could you go offensive line? Yes, everyone could use offensive line help. I really do like the offensive line group. I love the defensive end group in this class. You can never have too much offensive linemen you can never have too many defensive linemen either it's going to be really tough for the Raiders to think about this coming year and being competitive because you have to expect the Chiefs to be there at the top of the division you have to expect the Chargers to be a very competitive team and you would also have to think that the Broncos should be significantly better than what they were this year so it's going to be tough. I mean, especially if they do take a quarterback here at number seven, it's kind of showing you that they're planning for the future, which isn't a bad thing for a franchise looking at the bigger picture. But it's also like, hmm, maybe you could have used that pick to help the team this year and be competitive this year. When you do have guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, you just traded away. Um, why can't I think of his name? The tight end, Darren Waller. You just traded him for a third round pick. So you have an additional pick at your disposal to maybe go get your lineman, your edge rusher, a wide receiver maybe, or whatever you need to go out and get. Moving to Atlanta, number eight, I have them taking Will McDonald, the defensive end out of Iowa State. Originally, this was Tyree Wilson. Similar mindset here. The The Falcons were one of the worst teams against the pass last year. They had a total of 22 sacks all season. They need to get to the quarterback. If not, Will McDonald, again, Tyree Wilson if he's available, 
uh, Miles Murphy if you know if he's available, which you know in my mock draft I have him available, but you know maybe he moves up. I don't see Will Anderson falling all the way down here. I don't think if Jalen Carter is available that they should go in that direction because they need someone off the edge. They need that player to create havoc in the backfield to give their secondary a chance. Number nine, Chicago Bears, newly moved down to number nine. I have them taking Peter Skoronsky, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Arguably the best tackle, probably not arguably, but definitely the best tackle or at least offensive lineman in this draft class. And I think a plethora of teams could use this man's services. There's been tons of mock drafts where he drops to Chicago at 9. Maybe the Eagles take him at 10. Houston wouldn't wouldn't be a bad landing spot, although I don't think they should. Jets could easily use him if they're making that pick at 13. Patriots absolutely could use him. Green Bay could I mean, there's a ton of teams. Washington could use him. So I do believe one way or the other, he will be the first offensive lineman taken off the board. Will other teams look to fill out their defensive side of the ball players? Obviously the quarterbacks. But if it's not a defensive, a front four player, and it's not a quarterback, I do believe Peter Skaronsky will be the first player off the board. Again, unless a guy like Christian Gonzalez or Devin Witherspoon moves up and is taken by the Lions at six, which I don't think would be a good move for the Lions like I already mentioned. So Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle at number nine to Chicago. And then rounding out the top ten, I've already alluded to it, Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback out of Oregon. I think this is a great move for the Eagles, especially with Darius Slay. You know, uh, the team told him to go seek a trade, and then, you know, he was going to get waived, and then he was going to try to restructure the contract, and now I think he is being really... I have no idea what his situation is right now. Either way, I think Christian Gonzalez would be a really good addition to this team. You throw him into that secondary with or without Darius Slay, with or without James Bradbury, this guy has the potential to be a team's number one cornerback. Again, arguably the best cornerback in the class. Some people would say Devin Witherspoon. A lot of people like Joey Porter. Philly, I think, should go cornerback. Um, they need another means to slow down the opposing team's offense. Their front four looks like their front four, their front seven looks like it's returning. The majority of it, at least. So there's no need for them to take a guy like Miles Murphy, Will McDonald. You know the guys that we've been talking about. Number 11, so now that we're outside the top 10, and I guess, who did I have Eagles taken? I originally had the Eagles taking Miles Murphy here at number 10, but I, he did fall a little bit in my mock, mock 1.0. So now that we're outside the top 10, I'm not going to fly through the rest, but I do want to speed it up a little bit, but I still want to obviously give more detail. Um, let's see. Oh, I didn't put a... I did not put Paris Johnson. I did not put a position next to Paris Johnson. He is an offensive tackle. Um, let me go update that. So at number 11, I do have the Tex, uh, Texans Titans taking Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State, the Ohio State. I think, you know, just still amplifying the offensive line and just rebuilding that is something that they need. They took Zion Johnson last year. Great move. Right. Did they take Zion Johnson? I know I had Zion Johnson in my mock drafts to the, to the Titans. Oh, Chargers. Oh, who did they take last year then? Titans draft picks 2022. Who did they take last year? Oh, they took Traylon Burks. That's right. I my mock at at that pick. Oh, no, wait. Because they traded. They got that pick for, what's his name? For A.J. Brown. For when they traded A.J. Brown. Oh, man, trying to, like, go back is just all so damn confusing. Uh, okay, no, maybe they didn't have a first-round pick last year outside of Traylon Burks that they traded for. Hmm. All right, then I am completely thinking of the wrong team. I must be thinking of the Chargers then because for some reason I had just Zion Johnson in my mind that the Titans took him. Either way, they need to rebuild that offensive line. Who's going to be their quarterback next year? Will it be Tannehill? Will it be Malik Willis? Josh Dobbs? I guess we could put him in that mix. Probably not. But, I mean, you have a guy like Derrick Henry who's being rumored to maybe be being traded or cut for financial reasons. Hard to have a really good running back and a young, promising quarterback if Malik Willis is the way to go with a piss-poor offensive line. You have Traylon Burks. You have Kyle Phillips. You have a couple of receivers there. But this Titans team 
defense isn't too, too bad, but this team is definitely going to be looking to rebuild moving forward. And I think getting a cornerstone tackle is the way to go. Number 12, Miles Murphy. I already alluded to this one as well. I think going quarterback, defensive end, or at least quarterback and defensive player for the Texans is a smart way to go. I think quarterback is number one, regardless who the quarterback is, whether it is Shroud, Young, Levis, Anthony Richardson, I guess, at number two, whatever. Miles Murphy would be, a, if you can get Bryce Young and Miles Murphy, that would be a really good win for the Houston Texans in the first round. Miles Murphy has a really high draft grade. He really, really does. People are saying he can go in the top five. Easily a top 10 player. I have him here at number 12, and I think that would be a really good pick for the Texans. Again, a team that struggled to get pressure on the opposing team's quarterback and a player who can really be a foundational cornerstone on their defense. I think this would be an absolute win of a pick for the Texans. Other places that they could possibly go besides defensive end here, maybe tight end to give your quarterback a nice, big, reliable target, maybe offensive line as well because you obviously need to protect that quarterback. But where they have Laramie Tunsil still, where they just traded for Shaq Mason, I think defensive end would be a really good spot here, and I think Miles Murphy would be a really good fit. Number 13, the Jets. Again, if they still have this pick, which I'm assuming, at least for now, they do. Reports are out there that the Jets and the Packers are far off on a trade. I thought the trade was already set in stone in place. It was just Aaron Rodgers giving the uh, green light, the go-no-go. And then he gives out the wish list. And now I'm hearing that they're not even close in a trade. So let's just assume, for the time being, the Jets have this pick. And let's just assume Zach Wilson's the starting quarterback. I have the Jets taking Darnell Wright offensive tackle out of Tennessee. Now, why? Again, never have too many good offensive linemen. Mekhi Becton's proven not to be able to be healthy. Uh, their other tackle is like is like 36 years old or whatever it is. So just you know, replacing that with a good piece of uh, youth and again a top tackle. If Skaronsky's available, which, again, there's some reports he might be, you know, if uh, Johnson's available. Darnell Wright, I'm not going to say he's the third one, but I just have him the third one being taken. I think Darnell Wright would be a really good fit for the Jets, especially if it is a guy like Zach Wilson being the quarterback to protect the young guy who did struggle last year. Or Aaron Rodgers, a guy who's going to need the protection because he bitches and complained, and you want to try to avoid that at all costs. There's no point taking a receiver, no point taking a running back. Could you go Michael Meyer here to give whoever your quarterback is going to be another weapon? Sure, but I think that's a waste of a pick because your offense is so good already, so good and so young. Go defense. Uh, you don't need a quarter, uh, cornerback, obviously. Defensive end, maybe, but again, your defense was already so good last year. Let's use this pick to address other needs, and I think that's what the Jets will do by taking an offensive lineman. In my mock 1.0, it's Darnell Wright. Number 14, the Patriots. Now, I had this selected before the Mike Kosicki signing, so I might change it, might not, but Michael Meyer, tight end out of Notre Dame. A lot of comparisons to TJ Hawkinson, a lot of comparisons to George Kittle, the best tight end in the class, arguably the best tight end in the past 10 drafts. I like what I hear about Michael Meyer. He seems like a Bill Belichick guy. He seems like a patriot. Goes to Notre Dame, he's got his head on right, he put up big numbers. Will that actually happen now that you signed Mike Gesicki? I'm going to say it still could. Mike Gesicki signed a one-year deal, maxed to $9 million with incentives and all that stuff. I don't see Gesicki on this team next year. I really don't. This is like, kind of like a prove-it year for him. That's why if you have a staple like Hunter Henry and then Michael Meyer, who can pass block, he can run block, he can catch passes, he can be in the open field, he can make moves as a ball carrier, he can catch balls in the end zone. He can do everything that you want him to do, almost exactly like Hunter Henry. I think this would be a really great fit. You could have three tight end sets, you could have two tight end sets. And there's a lot of different things that you could do with Michael Meyer. Bring him up slowly, learn behind Hunter Henry, because that's kind of who he em emulates a little bit. And I think this would be a really good move. Is this the sexy move that we as Patriot fans want the Pats to make? Maybe, maybe not. Again, there's been a lot of connections to Peter Skaronsky there or just an offensive lineman. The, the tight end out of Georgia, 
Oh, man, what's his name, though? Uh, the tight end out of Georgia. I forget his name. I will find it. He's projected uh, somewhere deeper in the draft. Uh, Darnell Washington, I think, would be a wild selection here for the Patriots. But he, he seems like a Bill Belichick guy. Dude's like 6'7". He is a big, strong dude. He's like an offensive lineman in a tight end's body with wide receiver skills. This dude can make those like little practice dummies look like five-pound weights. And that's exactly what I think Bill Belichick wants. I really do think that's what Bill Belichick wants. I don't think he should take Darnell Washington at 14. If Michael Meyer is there, I'd rather them take Michael Meyer, if I'm being completely honest. But Darnell Washington screams Patriot. And of course, since we're talking about Bill Belichick, first round draft, you always have to consider the idea that the Patriots may trade out of this pick. They did it last year. They went from 21 to 29. They've done it in years past where they had the 23rd pick, I believe, and they traded all the way out to the beginning of the second round with the Chargers. That's when they took Kyle Duggar. So that is also on the table. I guess while we're here, teams that could trade up, Minnesota maybe, Baltimore maybe. Uh, I'm just trying to think of teams that could trade up. I mean, any team really could trade up, really any team. I'm just trying to think of some logical teams that could trade up. Like, I think it would be foolish for Dallas to trade up. It seems like they might need to rebuild. Not not rebuild, but just tool some things a little bit. Giants seem like they're in a really good spot. Buffalo, I mean, trading away assets to move up to 14 doesn't make sense. Plus, I don't think Bill would do that with trading to a division rival. Cincinnati maybe could trade up, especially if one of those offensive linemen, Wright, Johnson, Skaronsky, still available. I mean, they could use offensive line help, so that might be a move that, that makes a lot of sense. We could see the Bengals maybe even trade up to where the Jets are, to where the Texans are. So, I mean, there's some sneaky moves to be made there as well. But number 15, Green Bay Packers. They just lost Robert Tunyon, so I have them taking Dalton Kincaid, the tight end out of Utah, if Michael Meyer is here at this point I would also see them taking him but I think tight end is a really good way to go you drafted a couple receivers last year your running back room is still really good Jordan Love is more than likely going to be a quarterback could you go defense yes but again tight ends are quarterbacks best friends so I really think that this is a good way to kind of help ease Jordan Love into being that full-time starter year guess going into his year four but his first year as that full-time starter. And, you know, Dalton Kincaid's a really damn good one. Uh, Washington Commanders, I have them taking Anton Harrison, offensive tackle from Oklahoma. Building that offensive line is going to be a really big issue for this team as it wasn't the greatest last year. They have a lot of good pieces around. Running backs are okay. Wide receivers, are they're really deep at. Defense, that defensive line's really good. Obviously, you could go secondary here. You can go linebackers. Drew Sanders, Nolan Smith even would be a, a sneaky fit here, having him be your left outside linebacker, or outside linebacker for that matter. But I think if Sam Howell is going to be the quarterback day one, week one, that they have already said that he was going to be, protecting him, I think, is something that is very crucial because we saw Ta uh, Taylor Heineke running around. We saw Carson Wentz running around. So I think Sam Howell in protecting him would be a really good place to go here at 16, and that is drafting Anton Harrison. 17, 18, 19 are all cornerbacks. Joey Porter, corner out of Pitt, go, uh, I'm sorry, out of Penn State, going to Pittsburgh. Devin Witherspoon, I've already mentioned, cornerback out of Illinois, who I'm really high on. I like him a lot. Going to Detroit, again, someone he could that could be easily in the top 10, easily in the top 20. And then lastly, Tampa Bay taking Deontay Banks, the cornerback out of Maryland. Could I see this mix and match? Sure, but I do think cornerback is a big need for all three of these teams. Steelers, Lions, Buccaneers, respectively. I think these guys are easily first-round guys. Could you arguably make that they're top 20 guys? Absolutely. But I just don't see major needs for other teams to the point where they need to go early. Again, we've already talked about the Lions and their potential issue. A team like Atlanta... Chicago, we already have Christian Gonzalez going to Philadelphia, Tennessee, Houston. I mean, these are teams that all could use cornerbacks, but I think have bigger issues elsewhere. And I think that's kind of what will make these guys fall to the bottom of the top 20. 
And then at 20, Seattle's taking Drew Sanders, the linebacker out of Arkansas. They still need to rebuild that defense. As good as that offense was led by Geno Smith, that defense did have some holes and some some deficiencies, which ultimately led to them flaming out towards the end of the season and, of course, into the playoffs, getting blown out by the 49ers. And not to, you know, I think I'll kind of stop there for the time being because I do, I really do want to talk about the Celtics at least. I mean, I, I, I need to talk about the Celtics, so I will be posting my official mock 1.0 on social media whether today or maybe tomorrow, at some point, it'll be out this weekend. And I'm very, very excited to showcase it because no projected trades, a lot of a lot of excitement here. I mean, draft season is the way to go. I mean, it's almost more interesting than the damn regular season itself. So, yes, I'm very, very excited to have discussed about that. And if you guys have any reactions or want to talk about anything that we discussed today in today's episode about my mock draft 1.0, feel free to reach out to me via social media at Murph's Car Town if you're listening on audio-only platforms. If you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to drop a comment down below in the comment section as I'd love to read and react to any and all comments. Definitely curious to see what you guys have to think. Again, it's Mach 1.0. This could be fairly accurate come draft night or it could be completely off. Either one. Wouldn't be surprised. So that's going to wrap it up for our mock draft discussion today because I do want to move into, again, the Celtics I want to discuss just a little bit about before we wrap up today's episode. In talking about the Celtics, man, oh, man, they're they're frustrating. <laughs> they're, I'm trying to find the right word. And frustrating was the nicest word to kind of come up with. This team, your 2022-23 Boston Celtics have... 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12 games left. Okay. You beat the Hawks on this road. Now, I said you had to win 5 of 6 games. I swear you had to win 5 of 6 games to kind of right that ship. And I am a still firm believer in that. Okay. You beat the Hawks by 9 points. Hawk In a 134-125 game. Hawks are the number 18 in the East. So they're not a team to, to kind of push over, right? But still, you got the win, whatever. Then you go out and lose to the Houston Rockets. 111-109. <laughs> Guys, the Houston Rockets record is 17-52. and Throwing a two-game winning streak, though. Outside of the Detroit Pistons, 16-55, and that is the worst record in the National Basketball Association. So when I look at that loss, and if I look if I look at the standings after 82 games and I see that the 76ers beat you by one game, or if I see that you could have clinched the number one seed in the East by one game, that's the game I'm going to go back and look at. That's the game I'm going to go back and look at because that is just an absolute... How can you go back and forth, back and forth with the... One of the worst teams in the NBA. Now, I know Jalen Green, very up-and-coming player, had 28 points. Yes, Jabari Smith Jr. had 24 points. Kenya Martin Jr. had 20 points. Like, yes, their young studs went off. Yes, I understand that. They have a really good team. They do. They have a really good young team that I think will be good in years to come. Depending on where that draft selection is, maybe they get um, Victor Wembanyama. Who knows? But when I look at it right now in a vacuum, oh, that's an absolute disastrous loss. Absolute bad loss. Jalen Brown goes out and drops 42 points or whatever it was. And you still lose? That's a tough pill to swallow. That really is a tough pill to swallow. Especially on a night where Tatum didn't look his best. You had Jalen Brown carrying the weight and you still lose? I don't know if I'm more upset about the loss. Celtics only putting up 109 points against the Rockets or giving up 111 points against the Rockets. I think the loss weighs supreme here. Man, that's a tough one. And again, you have to go 5-6 and six on your road trip. I don't care what five wins you get out of these six games. But then but starting 1-1, one and one, going to Minnesota, and then you beat them by two points? You only beat them by two points. Minnesota... 
Now, I understand Minnesota is a team that is in the mix. They're 35 and 35. They're currently the seventh seed in the West. They have Carl Anthony Towns coming back. So, you know, they were a playoff team last year. I know, I know, I know. You know, they're not a cakewalk of a team. But again, Tatum only got 22 points. Brown had 35. It's just, I'm looking at like the score box. Uh, the, yeah, the, the box score. Okay, Anthony Edwards, 28 points. I expect that. Gobert, 15 points and 6 rebounds for all the draft picks that they gave up to get him. Mediocre. 14 points to Jaden McDaniels. 15 points to Kyle Anderson. Dude almost had a triple-double. 15 points to Naz Reed. It's not like you blew him out of the or you know they completely sucked or they were in a track race. But it's just like, all right, 35 points from Jalen Brown. 22 points from Jason Tatum. I'm looking at like... Uh, Grant Williams, two points in six, uh, 26 minutes. Marcus Smart, nine points in 35 minutes. So Brogdon, 12 and 31. Like I'm not expecting him to score 25 points a night or any of these guys to score 25 points a night. Just wasn't the prettiest game for a team that just came off a bad loss. A team that is still fighting for playoff positioning. A team, a Timberwolves team that you should easily beat. And you're going back and forth, back and forth in a game that you easily could have lost, too. You eat, you lost the, the Rockets game. You could have forced overtime. You didn't. You easily could have lost the game against the Timberwolves if a couple free throws are made or if that shot's made or if that shot's missed or whatever the case is. So as I sit here in my little chair, in my office, in my studio, 30 minutes or so before the shop opens, how do I feel about this Celtics team here on St. Patrick's Day, March 17, 2023? How do I feel about this team? Well, you got the Trailblazers coming up, who are, yeah, they're not, I mean, I guess they're only, what, like two and a half games back from playoff spots, so I guess they're still in the mix. You got the Jazz, who are, you know, a half a game out of a playoff spot. They're in the mix. The Kings are the second best team in the West. I just, uh, these teams, the Blazers and the Jazz, really really have something to play for they are playing for that last spot in the western conference in the playing tournament they're playing to get into the playoffs they're not content they are hungry they're not satisfied they are out to show something celtic right now i'm not getting that feeling they feel like that they can just coast wake up show up and win against these guys damian little right now is one of the hottest players if not the hottest player on the planet right now Literally putting the Trailblazers on his back as he does year in and year out. He's going to probably put up 30, 40 points. The Jazz have been a real surprise this year. I thought they were going to be rebuilding, which they still are with all those draft picks. But they're proven to be a really good team this year, you know, moderately speaking. But again, they're in the playoff hunt. And then you have to go play Sacramento, who's second in the West right now, playing very well basketball. But people don't believe in them. People don't think that the Sacramento Kings... In a seven-game series, uh, let's just go with one through eight right now. They'd be playing the Timberwolves. Okay, maybe, maybe they could beat the Timberwolves. But let's just say a team like the Mavericks end up being the number seven seed. And I know things could get mixed up because of the playing tournament all that good stuff. Let's just say they get the Mavericks. Or the Lakers, right, for that matter. Or teams that, they, that could jump up to seventh. People are going to pick the Mavericks over the Kings. People are going to pick the Lakers over the Kings in a seven-game series. Absolutely. So this Kings team, albeit they're the number two team in the West, one of the best teams in the NBA, have a lot to go out and prove. And again, they're playing really good basketball right now. They're playing fun basketball. They're playing loose. But again, they still have that chip on their shoulder. Celtics, they're not playing loose. Yeah, they have a chip on their shoulder, but they feel the pressure. They're feeling the stress. And I really think that's going to dig them in at some point in this season, whether it's the end of the regular season or if it's in the playoffs. And of course, of course, I hope I'm wrong with my opinion on the Celtics. But I truly believe that they they think they can go and play the, uh, the Blazers today, play the Jazz tomorrow, and play the Kings on Tuesday, just show up and win. And that is not the case with this team. That is not the case with any of those three teams that they're going to have to play because all three of them, have something to play for, have something to show, have something to prove. 
And the Celtics, I'm not getting that feeling from the Celtics right now. I mean, ever since March 1st, you lost your 28-point lead against the Nets. You lost by 10. So they went on a 38-point swing. Then you lost to the Knicks in overtime. Then you lost to the Cavs in overtime. Okay, you beat the Blazers at home. Great. You beat the Hawks by 9 on the road. You know, still, you know, defense didn't look good. Lost to the Rockets by 2. Barely beat the Timberwolves by 2. So it's like, where is my optimism supposed to be? Where is my faith and my excitement for this team supposed to be? Because right now, it's hard to find. And I, as a Celtics fan, I want to believe in this team. And I'm hoping it's just a small hiccup right before the end of the regular season. I'd rather have this. I mentioned this last week. I'd rather have this now than in April and in May. But in a perfect world, or at least in a better world, I'd rather have this in February, January, and December. And at that point, this team was hot. But they've started to show decline for over a month now. And I called it way back in November and December and January. This wasn't going to be sustainable. This is not the normal. They're going to come down. And they are coming down. And it looks like they're crashing. So to me, for me, I've been a realist this entire time other Celtics fans are just trying to be hopeful some are just blind and be like ah, don't worry about it just wait till just wait till the playoffs and to others it looks like the world is crashing so Celtics fans I think are all over the place right now we don't know what to think of this team and I really hope that they can right this ship within the next week or so because they're going up against good teams for the rest of this uh, West Coast road trip but then they have a team like the Pacers and the Spurs at home. Then you go play Washington. So you have a couple of layups when you come home. But again, they're not as easy as you may think. Yeah, the Spurs are you know the bottom of the league. But you have the Wizards, who are currently the 10th seed. So they'd be playing in the play-in tournament right now. You have the Pacers, who are a game and a half out of the play-in, game, uh, play-in tournament. They have something to fight for. Then you go on the road to Milwaukee. You play the Jazz again, the 76. It's just like the season in the last 12 games isn't as easy as you actually may think. They actually, Celtics, need to actually go out and play these teams, play them hard, play them well, and get good quality wins. Because you're two games now behind the Bucks from the number one seed, so you're almost ready to kiss that goodbye. You're only one game up above the 76ers. So the number two seed, you may be able to kiss goodbye. You're not going to fall off the face of the earth to swap with the Cavs. But still, if you become the three seed, now you're playing a team like the Nets in the first round. Who have shown, with or without KD and Kyrie, have been able to beat you. So again, I'm not sitting all comfy and cozy. I'm not really excited. I'm nervous that the Celtics team could be Falling short. They had such a good start to the season. Blowing up. Winning every game just about. Going on these crazy win streaks. We need to refine that. And you're playing against either playoff hopeful teams or teams in the playoffs. Teams that are fighting for the playoffs. And a couple, I mean, the Spurs, you know, they're not in the playoffs right now. I think that's like the only team that's like completely out of it. Uh, The Raptors are even the ninth seed. So, like, I mean, they have something to fight for. So the only team that is not in the playoffs or not fighting for a spot is the Spurs on March 26th. So you have good competition, good games ahead of you. 11 of your next 12 games are against teams in the playoffs or fighting for a playoff spot. I said you need to win 5 of 6 on this road trip, which still stands, so I would like to see them win the next three games. But to end the regular season, if we're going to include that road trip, 9-12, and 12, I think it's the minimum. I really do. Especially if you're trying to hunt down the Bucks, Especially if you're trying to stay ahead of the 76ers. 9-12 and 12 seems like the minimum. I don't know if this team could do that. I really don't. I really, really don't. And I guess if we're going to exclude the remaining three games of this road trip, so that puts that at nine games at the end of the regular season. Seven of nine. Seven of nine. Please don't lose against the Bucks, and please don't lose against the 76ers. 
and please don't lose against the Hawks to re- end of the regular season. Seven of nine. Again, I don't even feel confident in saying that they could win seven of nine to end the regular season once they come back from their road trip. Which again, you know. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Tough. This is tough. Tough. But this is why we love sports. This is why we love sports. Hopefully, it'll all be rewarding at the end of the day, when and if they can host that finals trophy at the end of the season in June. But let's not get ahead of ourselves because they may not even make it out of the second round, in all honesty. They may not even get to the finals or to the Eastern Conference finals. So let's just play it game at a game, uh, game at a time, day by day. And when we sit here next Friday on March 24th for episode number 185, Hopefully, they'll come back from their road trip. They'll have won these next three games. I'll feel a little bit better, and then we can really talk about the final nine-game stretch of this season, which hopefully it turns out to be a really, really good run for the team. But I remain hopeful. I remain optimistic. But I remain, at the end of the day, realistic. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I really appreciate you joining me as we talked a bunch, a bunch, a bunch about the NFL draft and my mock 1.0. I know we didn't go over every single pick, but stay tuned for social media as I will be posting my full official 1.0. Also, I really hope you appreciated the Celtics discussion as it was a much-needed discussion for today's episode. But next week, we'll probably be talking more about NFL free agency frenzy as that goes down. We'll be, of course, talking about the Celtics. Um, maybe, maybe some Red Sox and Bruins. I know the Bruins, you know, they won last night, which was nice. They shut out the Jets after a couple of losses, but I still remain very hopeful and positive for the Bruins, but that's going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. I really hope you have a fantastic weekend. Enjoy St. Patrick's day today. Be safe, have fun, be responsible and enjoy the festivities that you may be partaking in. Again, thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying to this episode. If you're listening on audio-only platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and of course, Amazon Music, or wherever you can find your podcast, you can find Merce Boston Sports Talk. And if you listen to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Thank you so much for liking, commenting, and subscribing if you're new or haven't considered subscribing just yet. If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find me at Merce Cardtown on Instagram, Facebook, and of course, Twitter. But between now and the next episode, I hope you have a fantastic weekend, a fantastic week. Enjoy March Madness. Enjoy your hobby endeavors. Whatever you're doing as the weather starts to peak nicer, I'll see you in the next one. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you. and I will always, always see you. (music)